0: The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. The Bible says we're born into sin. So, the dilemma of every person on the planet, including you and me, is how do we get from sin to God's forgiveness? Is it by what we say and do? How we dress? Performing rituals and prayers? eating only certain foods, or inflicting and punishing ourselves. Mankind has tried every conceivable method to wipe human sin away, and millions are still searching for an answer. Today, we want to look at two of history's most famous sinners, and how David and Bathsheba faced the shocking reality of ruining their reputation and lives with sin. 3,000 years ago, King David ruled over Israel, a great warrior, a compassionate leader, a visionary and writer of the Psalms. But David was also an adulterer who used deception to take the already married Bathsheba into his royal court. In spite of this, God not only forgave David and Bathsheba, but in one regard, he also honored her more than just about any other woman in the Bible except Mary, the mother of Jesus. Clearly, God knew something about Bathsheba that we don't readily see. And isn't that just like life? We often wonder why God honors some people, but we don't know their inner life or their secret heart for God. Hello and welcome to the program, and I'm Christine Dark. The story of David and Bathsheba has been sensationalized by Hollywood. But the story is recorded in the Bible for many lessons to teach us. Because of their illicit affair, their innocent baby son had to die. But Bathsheba was given another son destined to be king. Because of sin, a son died, and that's reminiscent of the first man, Adam. But a second son, her great-great-on-down-the-line grandson, Yeshua, Jesus, both died and lives to assume King David's throne. It turns out that Bathsheba became the mother of King Solomon, who succeeded David as king, making her the queen mother. Because the king in those days had many wives and concubines, a woman couldn't receive the title of queen, unless her son ascended the throne. Too many wives competed for the title. So the position of queen was held only by the king's mother. The mother of a reigning king was always regarded with the utmost respect, taking precedence even over the king's wives. When Solomon was crowned king, his mother became queen. Not David's first wife, Michal, daughter of the rejected King Saul. Also, the virtuous wife of David, Abigail, was not named queen, just Bathsheba. So who was this woman? She's a figure associated with the king's downfall. But was Bathsheba a consenting, weak woman? A schemer for power? We need to get our heads around the fact that God chose Bathsheba, of all of David's wives, to bring forth the lineage of Jesus the Messiah. You see, both the earthly, legal father of Jesus, Joseph, and the mother of Jesus, Mary, were descended from David and Bathsheba, and not from any of David's many other wives. And among the five sons that Bathsheba bore to King David, two of her sons were direct forefathers of Jesus. According to Matthew 1.6, Joseph, the husband of Mary and the legal guardian of Jesus, was descended from Solomon. And Luke three thirty one reveals the virgin Mary was descended from Nathan. Not Nathan the prophet, but Nathan, a son of David and Bathsheba. Now to my limited mind, it would have been lovely if the son of the noble Abigail had been one of the forebears of Jesus. But Bathsheba's sons were the genealogical winners on both sides of the Holy Family. Why? Well, I believe God makes no mistakes in those whom He chooses. Among all the many sons of David, Solomon the son of Bathsheba was chosen as David's successor. And again, we wonder why, why would God choose to honor such a woman and her sons? There were so many other sons from the wives of David who were not tainted with the shame of adultery. Yet God chose Bathsheba to bring forth ultimately the Messiah. This fact should cause us to stop and meditate and take fresh hope. No matter what our background or how we've been complicit in sin, God forgives us when we repent and He looks upon the heart. I'd like to take the position borne out in my research that Bathsheba suffered in silence. She wasn't a schemer. She wasn't a manipulator. She waited and allowed God to vindicate her. Some theologians are baffled and they say the choice of Bathsheba was simply proof of God's grace and mercy. But it's deeper. Bathsheba deserves a closer look. What qualities have been overlooked? I'll pick up the story in 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning with verse 2. It says that it happened one evening that David was walking on the roof of the king's palace. And from the rooftop, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. So notice, David was the one on the rooftop, not her. He was looking down. He ascended to his rooftop, but he fell, so to speak. Then it says, David sent messengers and took her. The implication, Bathsheba was summoned by the king, and she had no choice in the matter. And when she came to him, it says, he lay with her. In other words, it happened fast, and that's all we're told. It says, for she was cleansed from her impurity. It seems the two adulterers were more observant about the ceremonial law than God's moral law. But this little phrase, for she was cleansed from her impurity, is very telling. You see, a Jewish woman was cleansed from her menstrual impurity, according to Jewish law, by having a bath in a mikveh. Apparently, David saw her while she was cleansing herself in accordance with Jewish law. That's the reason Scripture includes the phrase that she had purified herself from her uncleanness. She was not just taking a bath from dirt or perspiration, but it was a ritual cleansing. Furthermore, the sin was primarily David's sin, and the Bible makes that clear in verse 27 because it says, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Now, the record doesn't say if the affair was consensual, but David was a military man who'd had the strength to tear apart a lion with his bare hands, and he had an overpowering magnetic personality. The record says simply that he lay with her. So he may have forced Bathsheba as a subject of the king. But the record continues matter-of-factly that she was returned to her house and probably in an absolute daze wondering what had happened. Well David was about 50 years old when this affair happened but it was the tragic turning point of his life. You see, too much power and success is dangerous, and one sin leads to another, in this case, murder. According to the law, both David and Bathsheba should have been put to death. Although David was a warrior king, nevertheless, Proverbs 16 and verse 32 says that he who rules his spirit is stronger than he who takes a city. So if only he had stopped to send up one prayer for divine help against temptation, if only he had turned his mind towards his duties, then the snare would have been broken and his family would have escaped the terrible consequences. Let's always ask God to help us to have the presence of mind to break any snare the devil has set for us. Psalm 124 and verse 7 is a beloved verse of mine. It says, we have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, the plot thickens and the plot we've been sold by Hollywood says that Bathsheba was a temptress. But the text doesn't openly suggest that. Scriptwriters writers have read what they want into the text. The only thing we can really speculate is that I'm sure, like most women of her day, Bathsheba admired the king. After all, David was a hero. He was the subject of the great hit song, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. The maidens used to sing that. Scholars are unanimous in saying that she was a woman, however, more sinned against than sinning. Besides the cleansing in the mikveh, it was customary for women to bathe and to do their washings in the evening when it was cooler. Bathing certainly was not an open display in bright daylight. It's likely that her family owned a private well in a private mikveh within a compound because Bathsheba was wealthy, the granddaughter of David's high-powered advisor, and also her husband Uriah was one of David's chief commanders. And they lived near the palace, so they must have had a private area. And so she was probably bathing in her own enclosed courtyard in private mikveh. To this day, within the old city of Jerusalem, many homes don't have enclosed bathrooms with heaters and plumbing. A lot of cooking and cleaning is still done in the courtyards. It was simply the way of life to bathe in courtyards, around wells, but the people would not parade around naked. They would have a cloth wrapped around them, as some Asian women still practice to this day at riversides and so forth. So the accusation that Bathsheba was a loose, seductive woman denies the customs of the day. And when the king sent for her, she probably had no idea what was his agenda until it was too late. 2 Samuel 12.12 says that David's advances were done in secret. So only God knows what really happened. After Bathsheba discovered she was pregnant, David plotted to bring her husband home from war to have sexual relations with her so that their child could be passed off as Urias. But Uriah as a soldier was such an honorable man that he refused what the other soldiers couldn't enjoy. He refused to go home to his wife. And so David plotted to have him killed on the front lines to cover his sin. God didn't allow her husband to go home to her. This was prevented to corner David and for God to expose his sin and also to prevent Bathsheba from acting the part of a lie to her husband about the pregnancy. Many women surely can identify with Bathsheba. She felt betrayed and used as a sex object. Some rabbis have tried to soften the sin. The Tanakh, the Messara publications, the stone edition, page 746, says that technically Bathsheba could be considered an unmarried woman because the Talmud, the Jewish oral law, states that David's troops gave their wives conditional divorces lest a soldier be missing in action, leaving his wife unable to remarry. So as the argument goes, David had sexual relations with a woman technically loosed from her marriage vow because of war. But let's observe that after the fact, Bathsheba didn't resort to any action. She was sent home and remained in the background only until she realized she was pregnant. She suffered silently. and We have to commend her that it appears she left the whole matter in the hands of God. You see, she was caught in a complex situation, but she didn't try to justify herself. She didn't protest against David's plot, which would have given her child a false identity. She didn't enter into ambitious plea bargaining with the king. She made no display of tears. She didn't expose and publicly dishonor the king, nor did she distract her husband from his duty on the front lines. Instead she displayed a tremendous calm and she dutifully mourned her husband when he was killed. Some scholars have observed that Bathsheba's waiting, her subsequent marriage to David, and her exemplary role in the palace were all proofs that she possessed inner strength and dignity. And her name, Bathsheba, daughter of a vow, suggests a woman of integrity. Whatever sorrows we experience because of sin, when we repent, God becomes the God of all comfort. And the Bible says that the Lord comforted David, and then David comforted Bathsheba, and they conceived and another child was born. And because their peace with God was fully restored, their child was named Solomon meaning peaceful. Now here's something very prophetic that I've wonderfully discovered about Bathsheba in my studies. God had sent the prophet Nathan to rebuke David for coveting another man's wife. God spoke a parable through Nathan concerning Bathsheba. The Lord described her as a little ewe, a female sheep, the only dearly beloved sheep belonging to a poor man that a rich man had stolen and slaughtered. David was incensed by the story but of course Nathan reproved the king with the words thou art the man. Well a lamb is a great symbol of innocence generally speaking in the Bible. Bathsheba was depicted not with evil imagery in the parable, but as an innocent and helpless, beloved lamb. God knew something about her hidden story and suffering, and subsequently Bathsheba was chosen by God to mother and raise up the wisest King Solomon, who brought glory to Israel. Solomon also honored her by standing up and commanding for a throne for Bathsheba to be put at his right side and King David respected and favored her. As king, he was surrounded all the time by countless beauties, but Bathsheba had pleased him, not only physically, but also spiritually. In fact, the Talmud, the oral law, says that David recognized Bathsheba as his divinely intended wife. Theirs was not just a one-night stand, but a marriage that endured, and they were the forebears of Messiah. It was David's wicked and insincere act against Bathsheba's husband Uriah that had most angered God. Unlike the case of David's wife Abigail. Concerning Abigail and her husband Naboth, God himself took the life of the scoundrel Naboth. And only after Naboth was dead did God give Abigail to David as a wife. But concerning Bathsheba, David had taken matters into his own hands and he slept with a woman who was another man's wife and then killed her husband. Well, David paid heavily. He never recovered the former glory of his exploits. But nevertheless, in the divine plan, Bathsheba, not the barren daughter of King Saul, became the biblical matriarch of Messiah. She was the opposite of the haughty insolence of David's first wife, Michal. Bathsheba was the opposite of a scheming, wicked queen mother, Jezebel. Not just one, but God determined that two of Bathsheba's sons would become forebears of Messiah. Chosen vessels aren't spared God's anger when they sin, but if they repent, He uses their fiery trials to purify them to accomplish his purposes and exploits. Now in their older age, Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and did obeisance to David, expressing her veneration and thankfulness for fulfilling his oath that Solomon should succeed him as king. Bathsheba's humility and reverence reflected her faith and submission to authority. And there's a further telling episode in 1 Kings Chapter 2 concerning her character. This is when David's eldest surviving son by one of his other wives was named Adonijah. This son, Adonijah, failed to usurp his father's throne, but he didn't stop his cunning plans. Adonijah schemed to marry David's last concubine. One of the customs of oriental monarchies was that the king's harem belonged to his successor. Well, the kindness and graciousness of Bathsheba must have been well known to Adonijah because he approached her and he sought to take advantage of her good nature. Adonijah petitioned Bathsheba to talk to her son King Solomon And his half-brother about the possible marriage arrangement. Truly a forgiving and magnanimous woman, Bathsheba was surprised by his approach and she asked cordially, do you come to me peacefully? And he said, yes I come peacefully, hiding his deceit. So proving that she was gracious and that she only craved peace in the family, She readily agreed to promote Adonijah's wishes for the hand of David's concubine. So Bathsheba dutifully went to Solomon to intercede on behalf of Adonijah. She was guileless. This was not her son, but she didn't see through his plot. She no doubt had pity for one of David's unfortunate sons who didn't get to be king, and she wanted at least to help him to have a happy marriage such as the character of a gracious, godly woman. She was truly a ewe lamb, as God had described her. Bathsheba was the foremother of the innocent good shepherd who was led to the slaughterhouse to die for all of mankind. And so she innocently thought Adonijah's request was a small matter. However, King Solomon, with great indignation, immediately saw through the plot as a fresh attempt to gain the throne, a plan so cunning that even his own mother was being used in the web of deception. Solomon was incredulous. He said, is this a small petition? You may as well just give him the kingdom. So Solomon said that this could not happen because if he married the king's widow, he would have a claim to the throne. Bathsheba didn't argue, and the treacherous Adonijah was executed. The prophet Nathan had also advised Bathsheba on how she should approach the king during the time of Adonijah's seditions, and Nathan supported her claims. So whatever former misgivings the prophet may have had about her, Nathan fully now supported Bathsheba as God's choice to be queen mother. I want to conclude this program with a beloved chapter of the Bible among godly women and that's Proverbs chapter 31. This chapter is well known for being a standard teaching for virtuous women and dutiful wives. Verse 1 says that this chapter was the inspired oracle or prophecy that the king's mother taught him. So this famous chapter was penned by a woman. By Bathsheba, in fact. In Proverbs 31, the king is nicknamed Lemuel. And scholars agree, Lemuel was Solomon. Lemuel means one devoted to or belonging to God. Truly, Solomon was beloved of God. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and verse 24, he's also nicknamed Jedidiah, beloved of God. The Hebrew Bible says that Proverbs 31 was the prophecy with which his mother disciplined him. Strong's Concordance states that Limuel was the symbolic name for Solomon, designated an ideal king. Was Limuel the pet name that Bathsheba gave Solomon when he was young? Well, he thought fit to record the passage just as his mother had spoken it. Lemuel. Thus the person behind these proverbs was none other than Solomon's mother Bathsheba. Because it is described as an oracle, Bathsheba was rightly a prophetess. And it's interesting that both Mary and Jesus had prophetic gifts. In verses one to nine, the queen mother advised Solomon to rule with dignity and justice and not to be drunk with wine are to be swayed by women, as his own father had been. And verse 10 asks, A wife of noble character who can find? For her price is far above rubies. Only a virtuous woman could have imparted these truths to her son. Only a virtuous woman could have penned this oracle, the oracle which Bathsheba taught her son. In Proverbs and verse 30 says charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting the words of Bathsheba but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised amen and amen perhaps like Bathsheba you have been used and betrayed perhaps you've been misjudged and like her misunderstood But God will bring good out of all of your sorrows, as he did for Bathsheba. Trust him. I hope you've enjoyed this study of the exploits that God can do with a man and a woman who repent and who wait faithfully on God. To watch any of our programs at any time, please visit our website at exploits.tv, where you can also request a free copy of our newsletter, Exploits. Until next time, Contending for the Faith, I'm Christine Darg. Shalom. Psalm 122 commands us to pray for the peace of this city, and it promises that all who love Jerusalem shall prosper. The Jerusalem Channel gives you the opportunity to be a watchman upon the walls 24 7, and we have available to you. more than 100 videos that are absolutely free online to everybody in the world. But we need you to be one of the supporters. We need you to be a watchman for the Jerusalem Channel and to surround us with your love and prayers. If you're watching from the United States, please know that your donation is tax deductible. And if you are a viewer and one of our watchmen in the United Kingdom, We are a registered charity and that helps us so much when you support us. In the meantime, we invite you to come up to Jerusalem and keep the festivals of the Lord with us and to be part of our prayer conferences. Support the Jerusalem channel as you pray for the peace of Jerusalem and love this city. God, I'm sure, is well pleased. I'm Christine Darg, wishing you shalom and peace from the city OF THE GREAT KING.